Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. Today is going to be an absolutely amazing podcast. I can't wait to get this guest on the line and to hear their story because this person has more world titles than you can poke a stick at. At the age of 62, he's been in the elite level of the sport for over 40 years, so spanning four decades of amazing arm wrestling. I, of course, am talking about Mr. Intensity himself, uh, Alan Fisher from California in the USA. So without any further ado, let's get Alan Fisher on the line. Alrighty, here we go. Hello? G'day, Alan Fisher, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great, Ryan, how you doing? Very well, very well. How's California treating you, sir? Man, you couldn't have such better. Well, I don't know. You guys got pretty awesome weather out there too, man. And what am I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're just, it's the, tomorrow is the first day of winter here, so we're we're getting rugged up. But winter's not too bad in Brisbane, Australia. So, but Alan, look, thank you so much for coming on the show. Of course, uh, for all of our guests, Alan Fisher, this man right here is one of the most legendary arm wrestlers to have ever been in the sport with over forty years at the elite level. Um, Alan, you have achieved some amazing things, and if it's all right, Alan, I would, I would love to start um, this this conversation off with you by hearing uh, how you got started in the sport. How did you find the sport of arm wrestling all those years ago? Ryan, before we get to me, let's get to you. Sure. sure. I just want to say how much I appreciate everything you are doing for the sport of arm wrestling. You are really. Uh, putting arm wrestling on the map in a huge way. Uh, you've got that radio personality, you know, that voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but my, it, I've, always been told, awesome. I've always been told I've got a face for radio. But no, thank you, thank you so much, Alan. I really do appreciate it. And it, it, it's a it, it's a joy of mine. So to be, and to be able to have uh, people like yourself on the show, it's amazing. So uh, thank you, it's thank awesome. you, awesome. So how did I get in the sport? Yeah. Well. Um, I got in the sport because somebody told me I needed to go to a tournament at Magic Mountain back in August of 1979. I said, all right, I'll go. So I, I kind of like, I didn't go kicking and screaming, but I went to see if I was as strong as everybody thought I was. And uh, ended up there, it was a National Arm Wrestling uh, uh, Association's uh, championship that led to a national championship. Yep. So you know, I went in there not just to do some podunk one that actually would uh, help me qualify for the national championships, which I had no idea they even had such a thing. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, that's what it was. I just showed up there. Yep. And how, how did it play out? You know, interesting enough, there's no way I can describe this to you unless I was like uh, setting up with you. My very first match, when that guy gripped my hand and set up with me <laughs> on the table... I knew exactly every detail of each finger pressure, wrist movement, uh, load pressure, which we know is loading, and yeah. back pressure, and side pressure. I, I immediately, without knowing anything about this sport, knew that I was designed to do this for the rest of my life, yeah. just because of that alone. Yeah. I mean, for me to be able to look at somebody like that and, and know all those things, was bizarre yeah so i ended up walking away um with uh, fifth place in that event yep 
That was my very first time. Uh, I'm curious, Alan, did, before you even found that event, were you, were you someone that, that arm wrestled your friends growing up in school and your, and your family? Or, or was, this, was this the first time you were introduced to it? You know, I, I may have. I don't really remember a lot before high school. Yep. But I may have. But I was born, maybe you don't know my story, I was born with a club foot. Okay. And at that time, they didn't know how to repair it other than put cast on you. So I wore mm-hmm. a cast on my foot for, for uh, my, I'm on my leg, I guess, all the way to my knee for 13 years. Wow. Yeah. yeah I, d- I, I, didn't, was I didn't know that. Yeah, I was in excruciating pain most of my childhood life. I could not play baseball. I couldn't run. I couldn't do things like normal kids. So what I did was I saw these things called monkey bars. Yeah. And I went over to those monkey bars and I would climb and I would I would just have so much fun. In fact, when they had like a swing set, instead of me swinging on some swing, I found myself pulling myself up on those um you know those bars and hanging up there and looking down at the people swinging he's used my upper body strength to to do things when i was a kid because i couldn't use my legs yeah well that, that that makes a lot of sense because i've i've i mean i've yet to meet you face to face and grip up with you but I've, I've heard and seen lots of people make comments about the the natural strength you have in your hand and the size of your hand is phenomenal so uh, you, you, yeah, you, I think your childhood has shaped you well into into naturally being an amazing arm wrestler. That's awesome. So it, it, it had it gave me a tenacity to say when when my teachers, when my friends, when when people that knew me said that I couldn't do certain things and I couldn't achieve this, I couldn't say that. I'm like, yeah, I am, and I'm, I'm going to go beyond <laughs> what you guys actually say. And it gave me a tenacity that. I, you know, I started doing some very strange things, like in high school, for example, way before arm wrestling. Um, I couldn't afford tennis balls to play handball with. We used to actually take the skins off the tennis balls because you couldn't, you couldn't, I couldn't afford uh, racquetballs. Yeah. So I used to climb on top of the roof of the high school. And nobody had ever done this before, I don't think so, because there were hundreds of tennis balls on top of this, this roof. And because I wasn't disciplined to study in school, I found myself uh, being very busy tearing the skins off of tennis balls. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, so that's, that's, that's why I built up a lot of hand pressure, too. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to give that a go after this, after the podcast, but... That sounds amazing. So, Alan, after that tournament where you finished fifth and you kind of you got the the, the, the feel straight away that arm wrestling was meant for you, um, where did it lead to from there? How long before you were like all in on this? Like, I want to I want to be a world champion. Ryan, as soon as they sent me the first flyer, I was out out of the gate, man. I was like, oh, that's it, I'm going. And I, you know, I went to the NAWA, the uh, uh, Southern California Arm Wrestling Association, you know, all these different. Uh, People that put on events, which, you know, I have to give a plug to these people because they made our sport grow in ways in which I've never seen it since then. And that is they would hold tournaments at indoor malls, outdoor malls, yeah. you know, where you have these captive audiences and people wanted to get involved. Yeah. So I, that's where I wound up. I started going to every tournament. There's at least a tournament once a month. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. You guys got that in Australia? We, we, we've got we've got probably five or six state level tournaments, a national tournament, and then a, an international tournament. So we've probably got eight or nine tournaments a year in Australia. Um, so we're almost okay. almost at that once a month. But um, 
Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome that you were... And you know, that's, you know, Ryan, that's how you get better, man. It's uh, I think that's what made John Berzink one of the greatest arm wrestlers in, in history is that John had an opportunity to travel around the world and grip up with different people, different strings, different styles, mm, different yeah. hand sizes, everything. And that's, I think, that really helped me a lot, too, because whenever there was arm wrestling, I was there. As much as I could be, I was there. Yeah. And, and no two arm wrestlers feel the same, as you say. Every everyone feels different. Everyone. Yeah, we haven't had a chance to meet up yet, but you're way out of my weight class anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah what one six five pounds was very hard for me to get to. I got I got there once, and I feel like I almost killed myself doing it. So I'm not going there again. But um, yeah, yeah, Alan, yeah. Alan, I'd love to know about um, your training methods. The the, the, you've obviously had an enormous amount of longevity in the sport as well. Um, so not only have you been competing for 40 years at the elite level, but you, you've done it in, in such a dominant form that's ended up having so many world titles. So what has been the key for longevity in the sport for you? Yeah, you know, number one, it's got to be about diet. It really does. You've got to take care of that one body God gave you. Mm. He wants you to take care of it. He put food on the planet for you to take care of it. He didn't design all these isolated, fragmented, and synthetic forms of nutrition, which can throw your body in really strange places. So for me, it's been like 21 years where I've gone on what we call a whole food diet. Yeah. Before that, to be honest with you, I ate like crap, like everybody else, <laughs> right? And yeah. thought I could fix it by taking all these forms of nutrition that everybody said I should be taking. Yeah. Once I got the concept that, hey, the best source of nutrition is found in unaltered food, yeah. it changed my life completely. The other thing that, and if you, did you get to see the game of arms? Yeah, yeah, very much. I loved it. Okay, so do you remember one of the things I said on there? It's not, uh, you know, everybody says, the, you know, the more pain you have, the more gain. Yeah. You know, that's not true. But the more you can control pain, right? Yep. The more, the more you have, you have better growth. You have better growth. You have better longevity. You have, hmm. you know, what can I say? Less damage, if I can say. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. the problem is people get to the point where, and I hear this all the time, man. I've been doing armistice training camps since uh, almost like the mid-80s. And I find out that people, like, they, they overtrain or, you know, they're not training enough. They're not conditioning themselves. Here I am, 62 years old, and one thing I do um, when I'm taking a break, as it were, for, for arm wrestling, because, let's say, injury, for example. Yep. But when I come back, I'm going back to step one, man. I'm conditioning myself to do what I'm about ready to get involved in. Yeah, yeah. So uh, why do I outlast people? It's because I work in different positions, different angles, different degrees, uh, different weights um, when it comes to, or different, um, uh, everything. I'm not, you know, I'm not a weightlifter, right? Yeah. You know, I'm not a gym rat. I never liked the gym. When I first got invited to the gym by that the world champion himself, uh, multiple world champion, Steve Lusby, took me to the gym for the first time. That place stuck. <laughs> yeah, they all look at you weird when you do arm wrestling specific movements as well. <laughs> well, that's another thing, but that's the reason why I never found myself in a gym. I have a sensitive nose, so oh, yeah, getting okay. in a gym where it, where it, you've got this rink of people's bodies, yeah. forget it. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, and then I come to find out that you know, really, 
the best thing you can do for arm wrestling is table time and, and tournament time. There's there's nothing better. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I've, I've seen you use a lot of bands when it comes to developing that conditioning that you talk about. Has, has that been something that you've really been a kind of cornerstone of your training methods? Absolutely. You know, when I started out, I still had these springs, by the way. Uh, I've got these springs that are probably made in the 1940s. It was probably the first arm wrestling stuff I had. Uh, like I said, I was not a rich kid, but um, when I first got my, I built my first table out of two by fours, by the way, and just put a piece of wood on top of the towel. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Yeah, and I hooked this spring up that I'm talking to you about. It's got like five or six different springs on. I can't remember, but they're just they're just springs. There's, it's called a chest expander. Right? I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Yep. Right. But this is from the 1940s, so it's got some it's got some good springs on it. Yeah. That's what I used to train with. Nice. So I got the concepts that if like when you're training with weights, you're, you're in an isolated form of movement, unless you're, you're like when you're doing bench press, you're doing a narrow grip to a wide grip and everything in between, yep. or you're doing what they call the incline decline and, you know, and normal. But when you're training with, with springs and bands and things like that, you get all those different little muscles working that you didn't know you had. Yeah. All the what they call a multi feed eye and everything else. Yep. There, there's so many different bellies of muscles when you're focusing on one. For example, like you're doing curling, uh, just straight curling. You're, you're focusing in on certain bellies of the muscle because you're not you're not working on other bellies that are in that bicep. Yeah, absolutely. And with the bands and with the springs and with arm wrestling, you're training all the different groups and then some. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because arm I'm, I'm wrestling feels very combative i think a lot of people make the mistake of thinking that it is just purely a strength sport where as you've said a strength sport is kind of against one object stays the same every time where we're in a sport where there's so many different positions that we need to be able to pull in and and be conditioned in so i, I i'm hearing you i agree 100 percent. i think that's on the money awesome and one other thing i i'll give you some of these are some of my hints i hate to give them out to the world but <laughs> hey i'm going to be retired years anyway and that is um i don't move i don't move weights with momentum if yep. you know what i mean yep. okay i i control resistance yep okay, and yeah. i can control resistance at different durations you know different speeds different mm -hmm. different powers and and in that i'm kind of which is what we want to all do is we want to mimic what we're trying to do on the arm wrestling competition yeah Go everywhere. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I'm going to give it a go next next training session. A bit more control and less less explosion. Alan, I would I would love the next question. I would love to ask you is about the journey from kind of starting out to to your first world title and and the rivalries that you developed along the way. Um, uh, I know the name the name you've mentioned Dave Patton to me before as one of your early and most significant rivals. Can you can you tell me about that journey and and your your rivalry with Dave? Okay, so. I was pretty much as an amateur arm wrestler. August 1979 is when I got in. I became. I took my first world professional title in December of 1980 uh, in Las Vegas with the NAWA, the same people that I went to their first tournament. Yep. And uh, so in the amateur division, I weighed 100. I basically weighed 150 pounds, right? And I was I was so good, so fast, and picked up on the sport so quick that it got to the point where those people that were sanctioning the sport, controlling the sport, they almost forced me to go in upper classes because I was so dominating. 
Yeah. <laughs> and I got to the place where I was I was going in the super heavyweight division and not having any problems. So an announcement came up that the World Amateur Championships, and you probably know about this, Ryan. If you don't, you should probably send your amateurs over here. Yep. This was a big, big thing over here in the United States. Uh, people from all over the world came to this thing, and it was uh, the, the Buena Park Silverado Days, which is where they held the World Amateur title. Yep. So, so that was coming up in October, and I thought, Okay, do I go to that or do I go to this other thing that I found out about, the World Professional Championships in Las Vegas? And Ernie Jeffries, the gentleman who I have to give credit to, helped me get out of the mentality of stop drinking beer and, and toking and doing all that stuff, get your shit together yep. and become a professional <laughs> athlete, right? That yep. was the last talk I heard from Ernie. And he told me that you know because of my hand size, I could probably be a world champion. Well, that got in my mind thinking, you know what, or what Ernie's right. I need to stop, you know, with with a jug of beer in my hand, arm wrestling guys, yeah. <laughs> and, and get serious about this. So I decided to go to Las Vegas, do the world championships. Ernie said, here's a list of guys you got to watch out for in this competition. John Renfro, Burt Whitfield, David Patton, Jack, Jack Wynn, and I already been, Jack was the guy I met, my very first guy. Do you know who Jack Wynn is? No, I don't. I don't know. Before before my time in awareness. Okay, well, when I when I got on the scene, Jack Wynn was the guy to beat. Yep. Jack was a multi world champion in wrist wrestling and arm wrestling. Short little stocky guy. They call him Popeye. Yep. So um, my very first tournament that I went through, John Renfro was the guy that said this is going to probably win this thing, and and, and my uh, Jeffries told me he says you got to watch out for these guys. Well, I'll tell you what, I got to that tournament and there was no way I was going to let any name get in my head. I don't care who they were. When you said, what was it that the guys that I went through, I figured how you just put it. I don't go through any but my buddy but myself. Yep. I don't think of Jack Wynn. I don't think of David Patton. I don't think of John Renfrew. I don't think of Steelers. I don't think about anybody other than what I'm there to do. Yep. Otherwise, what can happen is I'm going to create negativity in my mind. Or an if clause, or or something that you know, you know what I mean. Yeah, you start to give yourself excuses and and permission to lose. I mean, even when I arm wrestled John Berzink uh, there in two thousand nine, that um, well, John uh, and I pulled a few times. Yeah, I never put it in my head that wow, that's John Berzink, I'm going down. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm Alan Fisher. I'm going to go through him the best I can with the abilities that I've got. No matter what, yeah, I, I can't let it. John in my mind. Yeah, make 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 someone so, beat make make someone beat the best version of you every time. There you go. So so, let me tell you this. I got to tell you a short story. Sure, please. Okay. So my very first match at the NAWA World Arm Wrestling Championships from Las Vegas is David Patton. My referee is Virgil Arcerero, yeah. and I forget the other downside ref. Well, back in those days, when you pulled somebody's elbow off the pad. They lost. Yep. Guess what? I pulled Dave's elbow off that pad seven times, and <laughs> Virgil would not call it. So oh, you know wow. what I did? I said, I'm going to the loser's bracket. Screw this. Yep. So I did. I went to the loser's bracket. And uh, I went through all the guys I just mentioned and then some, and the guy I had to beat for the world championships was Jack Popeye Wynn. Uh, yep. Unbelievable. <laughs> and Jack's never beat 
uh, ever in competition. Dave and I, wow, you talk about one of the greatest names in arm wrestling history and to me by far a legend. We battled each other for probably about 15 years. So if here's what that means. If, if Dave showed up at a tournament and I showed up at a tournament, there was no doubt in people's mind that he and I would be first and second. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Awesome. Can you imagine going to a tournament for 15 years and that happening? Yeah, that's amazing. I love it. The crowds were off the chart, like, so loud you couldn't hear you couldn't hear yourself. In fact, I never hear go. That's that's one of my problems. I never hear go because I'm in such a zone that I just I, – I, I mean, I even look at the referee sometimes today because I'm 62. Yep. But back then, I trained for go. I don't train for go. Yeah. Right? Yep. And the yep. problem is I never hear the – I never hear the go or the go. <laughs> so what people think is that when they say ready, go, when I feel something in my hand is when I hit. Yep. There you go. Anyway, very that's a long story. Sorry. No, that's all right. <laughs> please, please, and and I'd love to. I'd love to ask about another rival of yours that you've had. Um, I guess that we, we we still see on the scene today and through the WAL and and many other tournaments. Uh, being of course Andrew Cobra Rhodes. Um, you you and him seem to have shaped so much of the sport as well in the last in the last couple of decades. Uh, um, what's it been like the rivalry with Andrew? Oh man, okay. How can I put this? <laughs> Cobra is in my heart. Yep. Okay. I, I, he is probably the only arm wrestler in history that is in my heart. I don't know why, but when I get a chance to pull Cobra, it's unlike anyone I've ever arm wrestled in my life. Mm. He, he, you know, it could be the fact that he's so tactical, he's so fast, he's so powerful, he's got that endurance. He plays tricks with you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is why they call him the cobra, the snake, right? You, you, you never believe a word that guy says, I'm telling you. But I love cobra 100%. But uh, it's, wow. It's just some, just, just thinking right? about his name, it's got my heart just pounding. And we don't even arm wrestle anymore. But for some reason, God has put that guy in my heart. Yeah. I have no idea why. Well, it, like I know for me, when I first came to the sport, seeing like you and Cobra were actually two of the first people that I, I discovered when I started looking into the sport, and and it just it looked like a very special rivalry. That one that you could see that that you trade blows in in matches, and and the the amount of heart and effort that had to go into getting a victory over the other was was enormous. And and I think that that having that having a rival like that just that lifts lifts your, your own performance and makes you strive to be a better better athlete is is, is a special thing. So that's that's oh, absolutely that's awesome. yeah. If you ever get in matches with that guy, babe, you better you better know your stuff. <laughs> <laughs> You'll take leverage off you before you know it, eh? Absolutely. Oh, good stuff, Alan. Another thing that you've contributed so much to, uh, obviously, it, other than just the world of arm wrestling itself, is you, you're a you're a man of God, and you've uh, and you've you've contributed so much to your community through the prison inmates um, program that you're doing. Can you tell us a little bit about how you've brought the two worlds of arm wrestling and the, the service, <laughs> service to the prison inmates together? Well, there was a there was a gentleman uh, back in the '80s. His name is Gary Figner. Gary Figner also was a world-renowned arm wrestler, but Gary also was a. Uh, do you, you know who Tony Hawk is? Not the skateboarder, is it? Yes. Okay, yeah, there so you go. Know Tony Hawk. Yep. Right. So uh, Gary Figner was a skateboarder. 
he was considered one of the best freestyle skateboarders in the world when it when it didn't even exist. Yeah, he was like an evil Knievel of skateboarding. <laughs> Yep. So, and I say that because he's broken, he broke every bone in his body practically from skating, but he was awesome. Okay, so there's this guy named Ed White um, who sets Gary and I up for a super match that didn't even exist because they didn't have super matches back then here in San Diego because Gary was considered the best. I was an up and coming, quote, the best. And um, I got to know Gary through that. I ended up beating Gary. Gary never beat me either. But Gary and I became very good friends. Mm. Gary had a friend that he also knew. I mentioned Tony Hawk because the guy I'm about to mention, his name is Dennis Martinez. Okay. Uh, you can actually look him up as a skateboarder. He is a multiple world champion skateboarder who um, had some pretty you know, serious drug issues and you know, mm. jail, jail time and all kinds of stuff. His story is quite interesting. Anyway... Um, he called me up one day with Gary Figner, hmm. and uh, we got talking. And Gary, you know, uh, Dennis has has come to the Lord himself, and his ministry is pretty much doing everything for the Lord. Well, yeah. he asked if Carolyn and I would be willing to go into the prisons and arm wrestle these giant monsters. And you know what prison guys look like. You know, they don't look like guys on the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah big tough guys. <laughs> unbelievable. So we've been in there, I think we're probably on our eighth, uh, maybe even tenth time. I don't even know. But, yeah. uh, man, when you get a, when you look at these guys being pulled out of the crowds and they're coming up there and they've got this look on their face and their muscles, they don't even have to flex them. They're already flexed. Yeah. You know, <laughs> they're pumped and ready to go. So when I first got in there, basically what it was like was, uh, and, and, and you don't know much about me, but I'm all about safety. Yeah, Number yeah, yeah. one, safety. So I don't slam people. I don't challenge people. I, I want to make sure people can use the muscles they have. That means their pec, their shoulder, the bicep, the forearm, their hands, everything, right? Yeah. But it's all about safety. If you, if you know me, you know what a 30-degree angle is. If you don't know me, you don't know what a 30-degree angle is. Yeah. <laughs> so it's all about 30 degrees and pulling safety. So what I tell these guys is I set them up and I set their shoulders parallel. I'm parallel with them. And I say, look, here's what you're going to do. I want you to use that giant bicep, that massive pec that's staring me in the face. And I want you to pull your hand to your chest. Yeah. Because I don't I don't put any pads, winning and losing pads, in any arm wrestling table I've ever owned. Yep. I take them all off. So the idea is for them to pull to their chest. So what happens is they get in there start using all those muscles. But because I've been doing this so long and have this connective tissue strength that out outdoes all their muscle yeah i'm able to hold them with with that tendon strength you know that connective tissue and point to that vice and say no you're not using that yeah you got to use that big muscle <laughs> <laughs> yeah they get so my very first time in there that's exactly what happened and, and uh, they did the same carol they challenged carol when they did that out they couldn't touch me so Karen starts beating these guys, and they got to do the walk of shame going back into the crowds. <laughs> you know, and actually live with that whole idea that some girl just beat them, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's Until awesome. we get back in the prisons again. So my my, reputa my reputation, my reputation actually uh, got out, and now when I go to the prisons, 
Nobody wants to arm wrestle me. <laughs> yeah, I actually. Can I, you believe I, that? I saw I saw a video just uh, the other day. Uh, love to love to hear your take on it. Of the a giant guy, three hundred and fifty pounds that came out uh, of, the, of the crowd. Three hundred eighty pounds. Three hundred eighty. Throw another thirty on there. Okay, so <laughs> I don't know how many times I arm wrestle. We have two two uh, two places where you arm wrestle one day. The first one's the morning one. The other one's the afternoon. So I was actually injured from doing this, um, what do you call it, uh, uh, massage, uh, not massage, um, uh, stretching with my yep. wife. We're doing this weird stretching thing, this romantic thing, right? <laughs> well, I ended up tearing all kinds of things in my shoulder. In fact, it's still healing, and it's yeah. been three months. So I told the, the host, and I told the prison people, I said, look, I'll, I'll set these guys up. They can almost see each other. I'll just kind of coach them through, make sure they don't get hurt. You know yeah. what? That's another thing. Dude, check this out, Ryan. When I first went into the prison and I and I talked about how easy it is to snap the arm, 15 pounds pressure, blah, blah, blah. Yep. We don't care if they break their arms. <laughs> Seriously, oh, wow. that's exactly what they said. But anyway, I, will, I, will, I refuse to pull in a broke arm position. I'd rather lose. Yeah. I so agree. anyway, this big uh, – so I arm wrestled all morning these uh, several guys. I don't know, probably about 16 people. I don't even know. What are you supposed to arm wrestle? Then the second session, I almost will probably, I don't know, eight guys before this guy. They're all going crazy, as you can see in the video, because this guy, he's hitting in that crowd of, you know, inmates right there. And then they start chanting his name. He comes up there, and I'm looking at this big monster. I'm like, all right, well, I, I've got to hit this guy as hard as I can because I can't hold this guy forever. Yeah, yeah. And you, as you saw... This guy, when I hit him, he just stopped me. Yeah, it was it was interesting. And, and Ryan, really, I, I don't know, I don't know how strong you are. I've seen what you do with weights, but what you can do with weights, what you can do with armor sleep tables, two different things. You probably can't beat this guy either. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I can see. He's that, that strong. I, I mean, I could <laughs> not believe it. How, I can't wait till he gets out, man. I want to put this guy in the circuit. Yeah, well, he'll probably come looking for you straight away and say, "Come on, Alan, I had so much fun. Let's 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 do this." That's he's awesome. such a, he's such a humble guy too. I mean, that that would that seem kind of unusual to me that he's as humble as he is. Yeah, that's awesome. So yeah, when next time we go in there, and uh, I'm sure they're gonna set it up somehow, some way. I'm gonna I, I'm taking him on first. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You get, get you need to be a bit more fresh. <laughs> That's awesome, but I exactly. think I think what you're doing there in the prisons is amazing. You can just see the energy in in the the inmates there, the the positivity that's coming from that, and I think that um it, it'd be something that they would they would cherish and, and it'd sit with them for a long time. So, um I, I yeah I think I, that, I appreciate that yeah, man I really do. I mean our first time in was with a maximum security four right. There's only it goes up to five. Yep. And this this 21 year old kid looked like a model. I mean, this guy was like, what the are you doing in this prison? Yep. And I said, how are you? I got a conversation with the guy and I said, how long are you in for? He looks at me, big smiles. Like I said, he could have been a model. He goes, yeah. I'm in for the rest of my life. Oh, wow. I'm like, yeah. oh, my goodness. What, what a wake up call to yeah. get something like that. It's heavy. Wow. Yeah. It is heavy. So if we can be there and, and help these guys out and. You know, share the gospel with them and give them hope. And, and you, you know what, Ryan? You'd be shocked, shocked how many real Christians there are in prison. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not just in name only because, you know, we know we did something bad. And we came to Jesus. No, no. These guys are willing to put their lives on the line in prison just to share Christ with the other people. Yeah, well, yeah. 
Unbelievable. And we had, I can tell you one more story. Sure, please do. Okay, so the guy that, that was the uh, one of the beginners of the Mexican Mafia, which you don't even know what that is because you're in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sounds sounds, uh, sounds bad. One of the guys that started the Mexican Mafia, uh, he, he got saved sometime. I don't even know when. Um, but anyway, he got saved, and he went in the prisons with us. And this guy, because he actually got saved, there's a contract out on his life that if anyone that is actually connected to the of any kind, they're supposed to kill him. Oh, wow. Jeez. Okay. In the prison. <laughs> that's, that's what insane. happened? Uh, Alan, Alan that, that's, all, that's all incredible stuff. Alan, I, I would love to, to ask you uh, kind of um, a couple of last few questions on this one, mate. Um, has, okay. there, has there been a favorite moment in the sport over the 40 years that you've been involved in arm wrestling? Wow, what a great question. Uh, favorite moment? Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what. There's been a lot of different matches. The ones, every match with, if I actually remember all, Dave Patton, uh, Cobra Rhodes. But the one that stands out in my mind, because I have so much tremendous respect for this guy, is, is Giannis Omalin. So in 2014, I had medial epicondylitis all year round, and I couldn't heal it. And I know how to heal it. It's funny, but... Um, just don't go to those aggravated uh, positions, you yep. know, just change it. So that's what I did all year round. I changed my style of arm wrestling. And I, if I remember right, in 2014, I went undefeated all year round uh, in that WAL championships that they had. And then Giannis and I at the uh, world championships, um, we, we've gone through everybody. Uh, I was, I was exhausted. I had adrenal exhaustion. You know, I was like 59 years old. <laughs> And I just, it was hard to play the game when you're not really 40, but you want to be, you don't, yeah. you don't get that part. But anyway, the, most of my life, my career, I could call my adrenaline instantly to my mind, to my body and just, and be, be in zone. And as I got to the, about the age of 47, that didn't happen. So anyway, with Giannis, they're first and second place at the world uh, arm wrestling league uh, championships there. That was like one of my greatest moments to be face to face with someone who I have so much respect for. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and had I not had adrenal exhaustion, I think I could have done better than I did. But props to that guy. I mean, that, that guy is like one of the most yeah. incredible arm wrestlers I think I've ever met. Absolutely, he's amazing. Awesome. That's good stuff. Well, Alan, no, there's no doubting that uh, your career has been exceptional in the in the world of arm wrestling and. Uh, you've done so much. Uh, is uh, what's left for Alan Fisher? Are there any goals in the world of arm wrestling that you still want to tick off, or are you happy with happy with everything well, you've done? You know, you, you must be talking to my wife because she <laughs> <laughs> you know, she retired like five or six years ago, and, and uh, she wants me to retire. And yeah, you know, I'll be honest with you, and I'm honest with with my wife, Carolyn. It's like, look, when God tells me I'm done with this sport because he's yeah. the one that designed me to be in it. I mean, when I first went to my first competition in uh, August of 79, I was not a Christian. Yeah. But I knew that this is what God wanted me to do the rest of my life. Later, I had come to know him. Yeah. But here I am at 62 years old. I feel like I'm in great shape. I have you know, little itty-bitty problems with this stretching thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but still, um, I, I feel like, I, I mean, I don't I, I don't have the drive like I used to, yep. but I, maybe I'm trying to pretend that I'm still as young as I was. 
I don't feel like I'm broken down yet. Does that make sense? Yeah, well, it, it's a, it's a it's an amazing sport for that. I think it's that's it's awesome. It's that's yeah, it does. So so I'm going to continue to to go forward. Um, you know, providing I can get a, a nice sponsor and stuff, I'm probably going to go compete in uh, in uh, in Arizona here at the uh, team agent tournament. Yep. Um, finals. Uh, you know that sort of thing. Awesome. But you know the, the majority of money that 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 I make up and beyond my salary with Juice Plus is I try to help my son who has a disability, yeah, um, who will never work again. So I put on, uh, you know, I'm not sure if you're familiar with my arm wrestling training camps. Yeah, I ha I have seen them. Yep. Okay, so I do, I'm still doing arm wrestling training camps. I do one on one training. It's awesome to get people from all over the planet just to come here. To, to train with me for two hours, it's just unbelievable. I mean, I got this guy coming over from Japan. Awesome. You know, uh, he knew it was basically 100 bucks an hour to our minimum. He says, I give you $200 just to shake your hand. <laughs> Comes over from Japan just for that. I'm like, wow, wow, man, this is a humbling experience. So armwrestlingtraining.com is my uh, link to that, if you awesome. don't mind putting yep. that out yeah, there. Yeah, for sure. Um, and anybody's welcome, man. Anybody's welcome. I love giving back. We go through a lot of different that people just that one-on-one -on -one experience can't be beat. Yeah, that's when people cool. leave here, they leave with the knowledge that they like. I mean, I got guys been in this sport twenty years. They show up here and they're like, "Oh my goodness, I've been missing." How come that. I didn't? How come <laughs> I didn't learn this before? So yeah. I'm I'm still into doing arm wrestling training camps. I'm still. Um, in fact, when I got off the phone with you, I got to go train and get ready. Yep. Uh, and I'll, I'll train all these different positions that, that you, you know about. Oh, let me give you one tip for, for your listeners. Yes, please do. Okay. So we know Ryan has a very strong bicep, right? <laughs> <laughs> but when you put yourself in different positions that are not – Okay, let's try to stay with natural, okay? Because I'm all about natural also. Yep. When you get yourself in different positions, are there weaknesses that you can train in that bicep area? Hmm. Maybe you're not aware of those. That's something that, that I, I focus in on people. It's like, look, let's start training those weaknesses because as you're training those weak positions, you're obviously training those strong positions. Yeah. yeah. you got to get focused on those places where, you know, w w okay, there's a, there's a couple things here. Number one, number one is 30 degree. Learn it. Yep. Okay. Another thing is know this for the fact that if you arm wrestle me, I'm not speaking to you specifically. I'm not challenging you, Ryan. <laughs> I'm just talking about everybody out there that wants to be on the other side of the table with me. Yep. What you don't use, I will use against you. Yeah. I like it. I like it under that table or you're approaching that table rest assured i'm reading you i'm watching you i'm listening to you and that's what you've got to take in this sport as a professional athlete you've got to pay attention to everything go forward and conquer just remember everybody somebody out there wants to beat you yeah that's awesome awesome advice there alan thank you so much well alan alan, alan will have to leave it there and thank you so much for that entire interview uh hearing your story is really truly inspirational and uh and it's it's great to hear that you're you're still passionate about giving so much back to the sport as well so mate thank you so much for for, for your time today all right man god bless take care right, take care Bye, everybody 
Alrighty, ladies and gents, there we have it. Alan Fisher, absolute legend, Alan Fisher. Uh, over 40 years now at the elite level of sports, 62 years old, and still one of the most dominant arm wrestlers on the planet. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, I'd love it if you could hit like and share on this one, and we'll see you next time. Cheers, guys.